0: My purpose as an entrepreneur is to help people see beyond the limits of their circumstances.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where purpose drives our actions and our actions are a result of our purpose. When you have a strong enough purpose, every action you take in life has meaning and power to it. Every entrepreneur is on a journey to fulfill their purpose, and the world needs to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. Welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast. Today we have Paulina Reed who has developed her own powerful brand. She's an author, millennial consultant, motivational speaker, and she's been featured on the Huffington Post, CBC, Essence, Flair, just to name a few. Overall, she helped young people succeed and reach their true potential. And she's doing a great job. She's doing a solid, solid job. Paulina, thanks for coming on the show today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: No problem. No problem. So, You've been doing this for quite some time now, like quite a while
0: mm-hmm. since, uh, the dream started when I was a little girl, but I didn't activate it until like 2009. I want to say,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what made you want to start your own personal brand? You name your, your brand is called Paulina Reed, right?
0: Yeah. So I had a blog that was titled come and share my world. That was my first, uh, that was my first like try at like this whole branding thing. And then at some point someone connected with me and they're like you need a dot com. You need to have a dot-com. I was like, "Ooh, I don't know. Like I always thought that like people who had big presence and big influence deserved a dot com." Um so it was more so like a mindset shift that I had to that I had to do in order to really feel like I was worthy of that. Um and then once I started my personal website, it was on from there.
1: Mhm. Mhm. So tell us about the Paulina Reed brand. What's, what's your main focus with it? What, what do you, are you trying to achieve?
0: Sure. Well, whenever I introduce myself and people ask like, what do you do? Or, you know, tell us a little bit about you. I like to describe myself by saying, I'm a millennial woman who fought for her dreams and won. Right. And I think that that in itself, the fight and also winning is a testament to, you know, once you find a place inside your heart where nothing is impossible, like you will have the strength and the resilience to overcome mental illness or abuse, or maybe not doing academically well in school. Like the Paulina Reed brand, if I had to describe it in three words, it's passionate, resilient and fun.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. When you started your, your, your company, Mm -hmm. you know, what made you? Because you know, starting a company—we talked about this earlier—is is really brave, a brave thing to do. Most people don't do it. But what made you want to actually start your own company? I wanted to brand? give
0: myself options. Like when it came time to choose my profession, you know when we're, when we're young, um, we are conditioned to believe we can do anything and everything we want to be. And then we hit high school and everyone's like, nah, bro, like you need to, you need to play safe. You need to follow by the rules. And that was very confusing to me. Um, during high school is when I started studying other CEOs and other game changers and disruptors. And that was very infectious. And I, I think I made the decision during my senior year when I asked my parents if I could be a writer and go to school for writing. And they said, no, I think that was a difficult time. And it got worse before it got better because my depression was at its lowest. Uh-huh. Um, and but there is still I want to say that even though my depression was at its lowest, and I was suicidal. And I was dealing with a lot of like deep stuff. Um, I knew it was possible because other people had done it. Mm. I just didn't know how it was the, how that was so frustrating to me. How am I going to achieve success when everyone says it's, it can't happen? How am I going to achieve success when I failed so many high school classes? How am I going to achieve success? when I don't know the blueprint. Like I don't know the first step. So it definitely got worse before it got better. And my second year of college, um, when I decided to make an attempt to take my life and then followed by that, I dropped out of school that was like freedom for me. I remember walking towards the classroom door and telling myself, I'll figure it out. And I think that a lot of people need to adapt to that attitude that everything is what I like to call figure outable. You know what I mean? Like, even though you don't know the, the, you don't know the bigger picture and you don't know where this road is going to lead, you can probably figure out the next one or two or three steps. And that's what I did. My next step after dropping out of school was creating uh, a vision board and figuring out what exactly do I want. I feel like that is the first natural step for any dream plan is getting clear on what you want because you can't create a roadmap unless you, unless you know that information.
1: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you dropped out of school. That's, that in itself must be, you know, a, a scary, t- a scary thing to go through because
0: very scary. My parents were unaware for probably about a year until afterwards. Like I wanted to have something to show them. Um, I didn't tell them I dropped out of school until I became nationally published as a journalist about a year
1: or two later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know, as you're sort of, you know, I'm sure you were battling with leaving school for a while before you just, yeah, that was it.
0: like, cause like when there's nothing to fall back on and when you, so I spent two years in the classroom um, and then, but I, you know, because of my depression, I missed a lot of school and I just like, I wasn't fully present. And then exam week of my second year, I sat there and I was like, what, like, what am I actually doing? Like, I, number one, I'm going to fail this exam because I've missed so much school by now that like, I don't, I don't know the material. So I'm like, if I'm going to fail anyways, like why don't I just, I'm just going to dip. Like I ripped up my paper, walked out of the classroom. I told myself I would figure it out. By default, because I completed one year of school, I have a certificate, not a diploma. Two mm. years would earn you a diploma. Um, And yeah, like honestly, like there's something so invigorating about that because I think prior to that, I had never really taken such a big risk. And I feel like when you learn to take risks, there's something so exciting and energetic and and it makes you come alive. Like I felt like a badass. I was mm. like, okay, okay. So this is what we're going to do. And I sat down with myself. I, I mean, for years, I'd been journaling and doodling and like penning my dreams. So it wasn't super difficult to figure out my next step. Um, so I just sat down with the pen and paper, had a conversation with myself, which I think is very important. I think more people need to do that, spend time alone um, to really understand some things. And I truly... Believe that the conversations with yourself will determine whether you win or lose. Mm-hmm. So I had spent some time with myself, put pen to paper, figured out my roadmap. At, le- at the very least, I figured out the next two or three steps. Vision board, getting clear on goals, finding a mentor. Mm-hmm. Three simple, simple steps. I knew that once I connected with a mentor, that would connect me to the next three steps. There's oh. levels to this, mm-hmm. right? You don't need to know the entire game plan. Like Bite it off in simple pieces.
1: Mm-hmm. And what would you say, you know, I can, I sense a, a sense of resilience in you, mm-hmm. you know, and this resilience doesn't just pop up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in your younger days that sort of brought up this resilience in you?
0: Yeah. So a lot of people don't know that I was an athlete for a greater part of my childhood. Um, so I played recreational sports in school, volleyball, football, basketball. I feel like there's something else, but I can't remember pretty much every sport possible. Um, that's how I was able to distract myself from all the chaos going on around me, um, in high school in terms of like being bullied and tortured and just like always feeling misunderstood. Um, but outside of school, yeah, like I was in competitive swimming for 11 years. I was in, uh, rep soccer. Um, and I also played on a national team, uh, for a year. So like sports has been a big part of my life. My father is, you know, he's a lieutenant in the Canadian military. So like my house had a lot of order and structure and discipline. Um, my father always says if you're on time, you're late. You know what I mean? Like I was in the pool at 5 a.m. every single day before, before school. So I, had developed this routine to like unknowingly, um, that has really helped me today.
1: Okay. Okay. And you mentioned that, you know, finding a mentor was really a key point at your, in your, in your career. What, who, who is this mentor and how did you connect with them? So
0: my mentor, well, I have six currently five women of color, one Caucasian male. So my first mentor ever, her name is Sinead Ingleton. If you go on Instagram, she's, t- Toronto Shea. Um, and I found her on Facebook. So Facebook was relatively new when I was in college. Um, and it was, yeah, I just remember us going on Facebook and like, just like, we were just like, what is this? Like, it was so, so new. Um, this is 2008. Uh, and I found her and I just thought she, she, she had her own company. She was super fly. She was gorgeous. She was smart. And, like, she was the it girl in the city of Toronto. Like, everybody wanted to be here, follow her, be her friend. And I was like, yo, like, I wish I could be her friend. I wish I could. Whatever she has, that je ne sais quoi, like, I want that, you know, that black girl magic. So I messaged her, and I hit her up, and I said, hey, like, honestly, like, you don't know me, but, like, I would love to take you to dinner. And I really want to learn your pillars of success. And she was really cool about it. And she, you know, we went to... um um, uh, Marche's downtown. And from there, she's been like a big sister to me. And we celebrated so many milestones together. I went to her wedding. I, you know, I went to the baby shower for her first child. Like she's been my mentor. She's still, but she was like 10 years later and she's still very much a part of my life.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting that it was just so like, that's the basic route you took to find a mentor.
0: Mm-hmm. I just asked the question. I think I get that. So I I think that's probably the most Common question I get asked day to day, my DMs and emails, how do I find a mentor? I just don't understand, like, how do you do anything? You like, like, it's just, I don't want to say it's a dumb question, but it's, it's a dumb question. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, you ask someone to be your mentor, you build with them, you, you offer them value, right? Mm -hmm. Like, typically, You'll read a lot of articles that would, that'll say, like, don't just straight up ask somebody to be your mentor. Like, nurture that relationship, introduce yourself, find out how you can help them, how you can add value to their life or career, save them time or money, yeah. do something for them. I'll be transparent and I'll say with all six of my mentors, I straight up asked them and it worked for me. It may not work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they also, what they saw in me was, fight, what they saw in me was, um, a kid who was willing to bet on herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they see that, you know, that resilience and that strength, I think that made them want to invest in me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's so many different angles you can penetrate. Like if you go to an event and maybe your potential mentor or someone you want to ask to be your mentor is speaking, connect with them at an event, right? Mm-hmm. You'll get that one-on-one time Um, they just, you know what I mean? Go to where they are is what I'm saying. It's, it's really not that difficult. You just really have to sit and be strategic as to like, how can I get in touch with this person? So it doesn't look like I'm just taking from them. What can I provide to them to make their lives easier? How can, how can I get them to see me? How can I get them to want to invest in me? What have I already done myself? Because a mentor is not going to save you. A mentor is not a life jacket. A mentor is, um, is really meant to play an additional role in your life, but you have to lay that foundation. You know what I mean? Like you can't step to a mentor having done nothing for yourself. You should be able to say like these are all the things and all the avenues that I've pursued that have not worked. And I think that you can help me get to that next level in my life. You have to have already played in the game for you to attract the mentor that you want. They want to see you in motion.
1: Facts. For sure. <laughs> for sure. So you know with your company you've dived into a lot of people's personal struggles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What's, what's some of the most common traits you see in some people who come to you for, for, for help?
0: Absolutely. So I have two companies. Well, three technically. well, four, I want to say. Jeez. Okay. So let me break it down for people who don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there is new girl on the block, which is a mentorship program and consultancy for female startups. 80% of the girls who come to me. And when I say girls, I mean women, um, they're trying to build a business or improve an existing one. 20% of the women who stepped to me are dealing with mental health, suicidal attempts, um, sexual abuse, homelessness, prostitution, right? So. Um, I've mentored almost 200 girls in nine countries over the last two and a half years. Um, and that has been incredibly rewarding to me. Then I have a second company called the writer's block, which is a communications agency. And at this communications agency, we specialize in ghostwriting services. So I'm a celebrity ghostwriter for, celebrities, politicians, uh, pro athletes and C-level executives. And I have a team of 12 writers that work alongside me. Then the third company is that of Pollyanna Reed. So Pollyanna Reed, the Pollyanna Reed brand is the motivational speaking, the two books, um, the philanthropy, that kind of thing. And then we recently started me and my business partner, Andrew, who's out in, um, Atlanta, we started this company called BYOB, which is build your own brand. And we just finished, just wrapped up a conference, a millennial conference that brought out about 1200 millennials, um, in DC. And we had such a great time. Um, and so like, we're figuring out now, like what our next steps are. So you can say it's four and I might be starting my fifth very soon, um, in TV and film.
1: Wow. Wow. So wow. That's, 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 that's commendable for sure. (laughs) Thanks. But in terms of like some of the personal struggles you'll see. Uh, I think the-
0: across the board, right? So <laughs> whether I'm working with a celebrity or an everyday girl, the same struggles cross paths. Mm-hmm. Um, Am I enough? Do I have something to say? Um, how do people perceive me? How do I perceive myself? It's always that inner voice that um, makes them feel doubtful.
1: hmm hmm and do you think a lot of these people who are coming to you for help,
0: mm-hmm. they,
1: they know what to do, but they need someone to sort of affirm what they need to do? Everybody
0: or? already has the answers within them. I think, I think that you're absolutely right when you say they just need someone to, uh, reaffirm and they need that echo. I think I really do think that too many people look outside of themselves, um, for the answers when really they just spent more time alone having conversations with themselves they they'd figure it out you have to give yourself time to figure it out like i people have stepped to me and they're like i'm depressed or i'm dealing with this and that and this and that and like there's something so interesting about the process of climbing out of a hole you know what i mean but like people want immediate results immediate success and it's like there's levels to this like give yourself a second to breathe take a social media break do some lifestyle changes, maybe have that very difficult conversation with your mother. You know what I mean? Like give yourself the time to go through the process and take much, take as much time as you need to. You don't have to rush back into the world's chaos because you know, like it's just, yeah, like it's difficult out there. Take the time that you need. And I think social media plays a big part in like us feeling like we have to like be a certain way, act a certain way, um, project a certain amount of success. It's like, Who cares? Like do what you have to do for you so you can feel better.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's the thing with social media it's sort of a gift and a curse right now. Mm -hmm. You, You can really use it to propel your business or propel whatever career you want, but it can also be very detrimental, right? There's a lot of negative things on social media. Oh
0: man. It makes honestly like I'll be one to say first, like social media makes me, even though my social media is popping, like I spend a lot of time and money investing in my social channels. Um, but at the same time, like if I get out of hand and I scroll too much, I can get a little bit insecure. Like, you know what I mean? Like with these Instagram models popping, or with <laughs> these, like, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's a scary world and it's a dark world and you can totally like feel like you just want to crawl into a hole and die because my life does not feel or look like someone else's. But that's, again, that's where the self-awareness and the self work comes in, Right. It'll help you fight those battles when you feel like you're not enough. You have to do the self work when people are not watching, liking, commenting, those moments when you're alone in your bedroom, just chilling, hanging out, like self-love, self-work, self-confidence, self-esteem. That is like a continuous process that, that we will all continue to do and try to achieve until we die. So take the time to do that on a regular basis. And so when you are up against those battles, when you see... Someone else's highlight reel, you're not gonna feel small, you know?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, even you just dealing with so many millennials, mm-hmm. um, there's, t- in today's society, there's a lot of like negative stigma on, on, on millennials, right? Right. Um, you know, what would you say are some of the most common mis- misconceptions that are seen in millennials?
0: Mm, I think that, mis- I think that people, I- I don't want to say they're misconceptions because I actually think they're true, mm-hmm. but in a good way. Like, I think people call us the, you know, the, uh, selfish generation, the me yeah. me generation. And know time magazine did that. Um, but like, is there something wrong with that? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, is there something wrong with on one hand? People look at us as entitled, but like, I also, I look at that as seeing like, we're just claiming what is for us in terms of like what we want. Like for me, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a little bit selfish. You know what I mean? Like, so millennials are called the selfish generation. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because the generations before us weren't as selfish. And that's possibly why they're looking at us and living through our lens you know, like we don't hesitate to raise our hand. We are industry disruptors. We are creating companies that are making noise and that are starting important conversations. So if that means that we have to feel and be a little bit entitled or selfish or claim what we feel is ours and spark debate, then okay. Then I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think you should just be selfish just for being selfish. No, like, I think there are incredible millennials across the world that are doing very important work. And I don't think that should be discredited.
1: Absolutely. Well said. Well said. So you are the author of two books now. Mm -hmm. Can you briefly describe the process of what goes into writing a book?
0: Yeah. So... My first book was called, is called, sorry, Everything I Couldn't Tell My Mother. And so that process was a little bit different than my second book because I wrote that for the purpose of mending my relationship with my own mother, um, because I had a lot of skeletons in my closet that I wanted to reveal to her, but didn't know how to tell her. Um, and so I wrote the book to, spark debate open conversation and dialogue and hopefully bring us closer and definitely our relationship got worse before it got better but now we're like best friends and we're cool so that book took me about four years to write and that's the thing right like for me what kept me persistent is the fact that like everyone and their mom says they want to write a book but no one's book ever comes out Mm -hmm. and so i didn't want to be that girl who like talks but doesn't like actually bring things to light so for me it was like i was so determined to like to produce something um, because I had been talking about the book all four years. And so when it finally came out, it was like such a dream come true.
1: Okay. And then your second book you, you partnered with
0: Andrew. So he's my business partner for our company, build your own brand. And so our second book is called mixed emotions. So both of us have built six figure businesses before the age of 30. And so this book talks about the sacrifices that we had to make and all the strategic plans that we had to, do and execute in order to make that happen. So we're not like, so I want to say we're preaching to you. We're definitely like, you know, educating you and schooling you on some things. But I think the most important parts of the book are the sacrifices we've had to make. So like Andrew, um, is Asian and he, uh, when he decided to become an entrepreneur, his parents disowned him. He hasn't talked to his parents in years. Right. And I'm not, when I say disowned, I don't want people to take that lightly. Like they do not talk to him. Um, and they want nothing to do with him. Um, on my home front, it's, you know, dealing with not being, um, not fitting into the norm in terms of like my, my mental health. Like I've lived with depression, anxiety for over 10 years. So how have I been able to navigate that? Um, I've also held down a nine to five for several years. So how was I able to, to turn my side hustle into a six figure business? Um, you know, team no sleep or like how have we been able to navigate this, you know, these, these, uh, these deep waters um and really come out on top.
1: Okay. And, you know, you speak about turning your side hustle into an actual business. There's so many people out there right now. And case in point, that was me at one point in time where you're running a business and you're doing everything yourself. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you can also argue it's not really truly a business. If you don't have a team working with you, you don't have some sort of system in place. Mm-hmm. How do you go about developing that system?
0: Yeah. So my team, so I have 22 freelancers that work for me currently. Um, and they have become team members over time. Like I like to hire people who are smarter than me and who are, who share the same work ethic, but they, their strength is my weakness. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. I studied two CEOs a month and one of the CEOs that I recently studied was, um, Jeff, uh, the CEO from LinkedIn. And he taught me one thing that was really important. So he said, um, as the leader and the CEO of the company, like your job is to grow the business and your team is your team's job is to maintain it. Um, and that was really crucial for me because like, Naturally, I'm a perfectionist and it was, in the beginning, it was very hard for me to delegate. But once I let go and learned to trust my team, it was so much smoother than, smoother than anything. Like I can give an assignment to anybody on my team and trust that it will be delivered on time. I will not hear any bullshit excuses. You know, my team is, we're like family. We're, we're, you know, we're ninjas. We're swift and silent and we, we get things done and I'm very, very proud of them. And there is no me without them.
1: Okay. Okay. So what's next for Paulina Reed?
0: Um, so I have a very cool story. So I am actively dating and (laughs) I'm on a, I'm on a few dating apps. Um, and so someone found me on a dating app and then looked me up on Instagram and this gentleman hit me up on Instagram, introduced himself and he was like, Hey, I found you on Bumble and I, you know, I was looking at your profile, but then I realized we probably you know, we probably hit it off on a business front. And I was like, I wasn't really checking for a note. Like I was like, eh, like, are you, is out of line or are you serious? I wasn't really sure. Long story short, I kept brushing him off and brushing him off. And then one day I agreed to a phone call. I was multitasking. So I wasn't even listening on the phone call. I wasn't present. So then he kept texting me. I'm like, yo, like this guy's so persistent. Like what's up? So then we agreed to, um, to me, I'm like, you know what? Like, let's sit down. You'll have my attention. Let's figure this out. So he sent me his script. He's a writer. He's a he writes pilots for TV shows and films and stuff like that. And he sent me a script. And like, honestly, after about two months of him like pestering me and just like, you know, all that stuff, I've read the script and I was blown away. And I was like, oh my god, I feel so stupid. Like, w- we definitely need to meet. And I definitely need to work with you. He was like, that's what I've been trying to tell you. I want you to be a co-writer with me. I was like. Yes. Because I've always... I wanted to turn my first novel into a movie for years. I just haven't had the time. Mm. And I feel like, honestly, like, you got to pay attention to the signs in your life. Here am I thinking that this guy's being annoying and just trying to, like, just, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Had, like different intentions, but he was genuinely coming to me with a project that he wanted to work with me on. So that's, what's next. I, I want to learn more about screenwriting and I want to um, produce projects and it'll start with um, this amazing guy. His name is Frank. Uh, it'll start with him.
1: Jeez. Paulina read on the big screen. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. As a business owner, the more you can leverage your time, the better it is for your company. There is this amazing online resource called Fiverr, where you can hire someone for just $5 to do just about any task for you. Whether it be logo design, market research, videography, or website building, Fiverr has it all. Please go to imkoby.com forward slash resources and click on the Fiverr icon to make an account. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Welcome to the Purpose Round, where we ask the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind our entrepreneurs and their journey. So Paulina, what is your purpose as an entrepreneur?
0: My purpose as an entrepreneur is to help people see beyond the limits of their circumstances.
1: What is an everyday habit that adds value to your purpose?
0: An everyday habit that adds value to my purpose is playing a game of chess every single night. In addition to that, can I give two answers? Yeah, sure. Um, I practice a ritual called the five before eight rule, where I uh, try to get five things off my to-do list before 8 a.m.
1: If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why?
0: It would be the CEO of SoulCycle. I recently started studying her and I just, I love her philosophies. I love how she views life and I love her perspective.
1: What is your main strategy for organizing your day?
0: Um, delegation. I really lean on my team to make sure that things get done.
1: What was your worst entrepreneurial moment and what did you learn from it?
0: Um, my worst entrepreneurial moment would be, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> honestly, my worst moments happen every single day entrepreneurship is stressful. Like it's not easy. It's not a walk in the park. Every single day I'm stressing out. Actually, last night I put up a post on Facebook just saying like, yo, like I am hella depressed sometimes. And I struggle mentally every single day. And I battle demons that a lot of people would never understand. Right. Um, and that's real, right? Like you're trying to make clients happy. You're trying to make sure that your team eats and you're in that you feed them and, you know, payroll is on point. You're trying to make sure your own bills and responsibilities get, you know, taken care of. You have aging parents, so you worry about their retirement. Like there's all these avenues that are happening. And so my worst moments, honestly, there's at least one fire that I need to put out every single day. It's not just like one thing that stands out.
1: And even just adding to that, I think every single person in this world deals with some sort of mental illness. Mm-hmm.
0: On some level, for yeah. sure.
1: If you had to build a business from the ground up with only $100, how would you leverage that?
0: Wow, that's such a good question. Um, how would I leverage that? I would buy shit from a garage sale and sell it on eBay or Kijiji, and I would slowly grow that into some sort of online platform okay that's like the easiest quickest thing i can think of if i like i have to really sit and think about how i flip that hundred but i do feel like that's probably like a very simple way i could make some guap to like to grow it into mm-hmm. something else
1: mm-hmm. which app or online tool do you use every day to help contribute to your success
0: um calendly so that's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com. So that's a booking system. So people can book appointments with me and I don't have to deal with back and forth email. Um, or I use what other apps? Honestly, LinkedIn, I wanna say. LinkedIn is a very awesome tool that I think is under uh utilized, especially by our generation. I think people look at LinkedIn like uh eh, like it's too corporate, but LinkedIn is actually pretty amazing. And I've made really good business deals on LinkedIn. Just think of it as like a conservative Facebook. When I say conservative, I don't mean boring. It's actually quite interesting. The, the amount of knowledge and business insight that you can learn from your feed. Um, but I always say like, depending whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, your user experience depends on who you follow. So if you feel like your feed is boring, you're probably following some whack people. You know what I mean? So you have to do the work, follow your curiosity, figure out who can I follow, who can I learn from, and how can I create, how can I add to this user experience so it's not, so it's like custom fit for me.
1: What's the best advice you've ever received?
0: From my dad, he always tells me to trust myself.
1: List your top three most influential books.
0: Uh, Platform by Michael Hyatt. Which is, that's like my number one. I think every, everybody should read that if you're like 30 or under. It's like such a great tool to help with. Um, the tagline is how to get noticed in a noisy world. It's just, it's really easy read. That's awesome. Um, my second book would be mine, Mixed Emotions. And my third book would be, uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, who's the CEO of, um, the creator, sorry, of Nike.
1: Tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on.
0: Ooh. Oh my God. This is a good question. Um, I don't think everyone's cut out for it. Um, it's funny, like we were having this conversation previously and like a lot of times motivational speakers, including myself, like I've said to crowds of kids and, and young people that like you can put, you can do anything you put your mind to. And while I do believe that, I don't think that quote unquote anything, I don't think that thing is always a profitable business idea. So you have to differentiate whether it's a hobby, a passion or a business. Um, I just don't think everyone's cut out for business. I think everyone should try it. That's the only way you're really going to see if you can do it. But I mean, how, like there's, I can't remember the stat, but there's so many companies that fail after the first year. It's because people are not willing to like to really stick to it. Um, and some people are just incapable of running a business. Um, so yeah, that'd be the thing.
1: Is there any last piece of value you can leave with our listeners?
0: Um, last piece of value is really just to do your best and F the rest. Um, and F can be forget. F can be whatever you feel like that word needs to be. Um, but like just do your best and bring a hundred percent every single day and that will snowball over time. And I really do feel like the things that you manifest into your life will come, will like, Come to pass, but you have to be very patient. I do think our generation lacks patience. That's one thing I will say. It's like we want everything tomorrow, and that does not work. Like our expectation exceeds our effort, and that is not a good formula for success.
1: How can the Purposeful Story family reach out to you or follow you on your entrepreneurial journey?
0: Yeah, like I'm everywhere. My name is very unique, so if you Google Pollyanna Reed, I'm like the first twenty pages. Um, so I have a YouTube, I have all social channels. You can literally find me everywhere.
1: Just Paulina Reed.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Appreciate you coming on the show today. Awesome. Thank you Purposeful Story family for listening to the Purposeful Story podcast. And remember to live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear. Peace. That's all for this episode. I hope listening to this podcast left you with valuable information that either strengthened your purpose or helped bring you closer to finding your purpose. We all have a different journey in life, and this podcast is in support of everyone's purposeful journey. Thank you so much for tuning in, because without you, there is no Purposeful Story podcast. Please feel free to email me at info at imkobi.com and let me know what you thought of this episode. To help spread the valuable information this podcast has to offer, all I ask is for you to subscribe to the podcast via the Apple Podcast app, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music or CastBox, give a rating and pass this podcast on to one friend that you feel could benefit from this information. Don't forget to follow I am Kobe talks on Instagram for updates on new episodes and go to I forward slash purposeful story for more valuable content. Special thanks to DJ Anna for the beats and Lala writes for the editing. Before you go, please remember that purpose drives your actions and your actions are a result of your purpose. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.